This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and we're coming up to Judgment Day. The Bees are playing Wigan, Ipswich at Blackburn, Derby at home to Reading, and Wolves have got the war. I've got characters in the studio, excited characters in the studio. We didn't think it's going to come to the last day, but it has. I'm Billy Grant. Mr Dave Lane is here. Dave, excited, are you? I am excited. Of course I'm excited. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm a little bit weary at the end of a long, long season. Um, need to be a brave soldier. Need to get down the ground early. And um, whatever will be, will be. I'm just very, very much looking forward to uh, knowing our fate and then uh, then recalibrating my head and going from there. Either I'm going to be looking forward to next season, which I am anyway, or chomping at the bit and rabid looking forward to a playoff. Who would ever have thought I'll be looking forward to another playoff? I must admit, no, we didn't actually think that at all. Mr Nick Cartu, or shall I call you Nick almost 100% Cartu? Not quite there because you never know what's going to happen on Saturday. But Nick, are you looking forward to completing your 100% season? On Saturday? I, re- I really am looking forward to completing the 100% bill and I'll buy you a drink if I manage to get in the ground. Um, I'll give you a free cream egg. I'm sure there are some left over hiding behind the Ealing Road Terrace. Um, I'm pretty excited. I blow hot, Well, I keep blowing hot and cold. One minute I think, yeah, perhaps we will do something on Saturday. The next realism breaks in and I think, nah, nothing's going to happen. But you never know. Let's see. Let's see indeed. And, Mr, we've got a new guest the Besotted podcast this week, Mr. Jimmy Mack. He's appeared on a few of the post-match podcasts and you've probably seen his face pop up in the videos every now and again, but we thought we'd get him on to give a fresh viewpoint on how he thinks the bees are going to get on this weekend. Mr. Mack, how are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Long-time listener, first-time caller and all that. So, uh, good right. to be involved. Uh, slightly unhappy about you reminding me of some of my appearances on the videos. Uh, never I'll have them at my best, but... No, I feel um, I feel um strange strange feeling of what will be will be this weekend. It's been such a great season that you know it, it can't be disappointing. It surely can't be a uh, whatever happens. You know we we you know, we've got to take heart for what's happened this year. So yeah, really looking forward to the weekend and uh, yeah, I want to bring my 
my appearance in association with the, the one weekend only West London uh, Reading and Blackburn Supporters Club, I suppose. Jim, Jim, I reckon your finest moment on the um, the old besotted uh, videos was uh, on the way to Peterborough on New Year's Day last year, and there was the infamous Rodo moment. Yeah, that was um, that was. Uh, I didn't realise I could do such a good Bruce Forsyth impression until then. Actually, yeah, no, no fresh links of that. Uh, that's, that's right, that, that, that's and that general. relates to obviously Brentford's win, 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 win. We we tried to work out what word does that spell? W W W W. And Jim came up with a yes. very, very excellent. How is it going in? Listen, so we've got these boys there excited about the weekend. Also, we're going to be chatting to a few other fans as well. We've got Ollie from the Derby County blog. We've got Harry from Those Were The Days, the Ipswich blog. And we've got Pete from London Walls as well, who are going to give us their vibe on how they think their teams are going to be going this weekend. But first of all, last weekend, we went west. We went well west. We went to Reading. We went to see how the mighty, mighty bees would get on down at the Majestic Stadium. We needed the points. We got the points. This is what the fans had to say in the pub after the game. We're like a three-legged horse stumbling towards the line. I think I agree with what you were saying. We all thought we were out of it a few weeks ago, but it's gone down to the last game and whistling with a shout. And the beginning of the season... We'd have been happy to stay up, but where we are now, it's been a fantastic season. Great squad, great players, great fans, and I live in Reading, and today has been absolutely fantastic, and I'm so, so happy. Thank you very much. I'm a, I'm a Brentford fan living in Reading, so today was my Fulham kind of game, um, doing the double over Reading, um, great result. And like Chris said, the last few weeks we haven't got over the line. The second goal today was crucial, three valuable points, and it's all to play for next week. Just the same as echo what you said earlier and what Chris said going forward I mean what would we, we would have taken this going into the last game of the season knowing that we could still get in the playoffs next week we will be Reading fans we will be fans of Blackburn but all to play for but very proud to be a Brentford fan going back all the years supporting them through the thick and the thin and today was um, yeah it's a great great result very happy it's still on one game to go what more can you ask Another day out, another party, who knows? Yeah, uh, but that's the good thing about today. Today was functional, that's what we've missed over the last couple of games. It was a very comfortable, easy 2-0. Could have done an extra goal for obvious reasons, but you know, it was functional, simple. The Reading fans are pissed off. It was very, very easy. Um, yeah, a couple of weeks previously, if we'd have done that week in, week out, we'd have a different conversation. But we're still on next week. Big game. See, I like to look at this season like it, like we're a dog. Like, like a dog at Crufts. Yes. And, um, you know, like we've, we've, we've threatened, we've threatened to win and, and um, we've been nobbled, Bill. We've been nobbled. Seventh best in class. Yeah, seventh best in class is, is quite good. We're, we might get a rosette if we're lucky. It doesn't look like we're going to go up. Um, it's been an absolutely stunning year. Another brilliant away win at a stadium we weren't intimidated about. We're where we deserve to be now. We've proved that we aren't little old Brentford anymore. We'll be seen differently next year. Um, looking forward to next season. I'm looking forward to next week. It's all possible still. It may the miracle. The miracle may happen. Go there, not expecting it. But I'm not going to waste a lot of time thinking about it this week. But you never know. Never know. So. 
back of the pub off the game, the Reading game. We got the two points. Fans are fairly happy. It's fingers crossed now. Balls in our court to a certain extent, but also we have to rely on other teams dropping points. Bit gutted, really, because um, there were situations in that game where we looked like we were actually going to do it. Derby were <laughs> fluffing it at times. You know, it's a bit of a shame, but at the end of the day, boys, we did what we had to do, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, always at this time of year, it, 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 it's quite obvious what, what needed to have happened to have made it better. Um, you know, I think, so I think just forget about that. You know, where, where we are is exactly where we are. The fact that we dropped two points three weeks ago is not going to help us this Saturday. We just need to just concentrate on what is in and what isn't out of our control now. And the only thing that's in our control is to go out and win a game of football. And if things elsewhere don't go our way, then hey, tough shit. To be honest, you know, that's it's out of our control. Um, I think the clincher was <clears throat> Blackpool uh, straight after the straight after us going up to Derby. Um, that was almost like a gift of three points, and that really did put them back in it. If they were playing anyone else, I think Derby may have may have um, may have capitulated, and we probably would be in sixth place by now. But again, you know, if butts and arseholes now, it's it really is. We have to win a game of football by more than one goal, and um, Hopefully by two goals, and and Blackburn need to do a job on uh, on um, Ipswich for us. Derby, I think Derby, uh, they're the they're the nearest to us in terms of points, but they got a home game against Reading, which you know Reading just been free for. I just don't I don't see Reading losing six consecutive games though. They're they're they're, they're bad. They're not awful. Um, so uh, you know. Uh, surely, surely they've got to have some pride at the end of the season. There's fans, Jesus, right? They're, they're just in free fall. They, they can't be that bad. So um, maybe they'll get a point which isn't really any good to us because of uh, Derby's superior goal difference. So, you know, it's, it's Blackburn, really. They're, they're the, that's the game I'm looking out for. Um, that's where my attention is. And we need to just go hell for leather and we need to absolutely rack up a cricket score. We've been threatening to do it for a long time. Saturday's a game where we, it's got to happen. Only thing I would add to that, Bill, is that um, uh, hopefully everybody will be cheering on the team on Saturday rather than watching the phones. There's a great danger is that everybody will be looking at their phones, seeing what the latest score is, rather than actually what's, it, what's happening out on the pitch and cheering on the team. Because I reckon if we get behind them and, as Dave says, start re- running up a cricket score, you know, 3-0 by half time will do very nicely. Thank you, because that puts the pressure on everybody else if they're not getting the results. Um, then let's go for it. But uh, that requires us to be absolutely one. 100% singing and chanting from the very first minute of the game. Yeah, and um, I'd, I'd probably add to that. Reading was, Reading was almost instantly forgettable now, wasn't it? Because of how it all ended with the other teams getting the late late goals and the way they did. Um, I think really with this weekend, uh, a lot will go down to whether we can get an early goal as to how, how the atmosphere will be in the stadium. Um, I was... I put a tweet out earlier, actually, just sort of wondering now whether within relocation helps or hinders us. And um, you know, I think my summary is that it doesn't really make a difference because either way, they'll play to uh, try and keep keep it tight for as late as they can. And um, you know, I really think if we can get an early goal, it'll set a lot of nerves. And we should be able to score a lot on the back of it. So that's what we're hoping for. Reading, they've come off the back of this cup run. I mean, admittedly, the Reading fans said we were a bit lucky with that cup run. You know, we got some sides in, you know, Championship and Division One, Division Two. Um, but at the end of the day, they got to the Cup semi-final. 
weren't you a bit disappointed with Reading? I mean, I know we got the points, so we should be happy with that, but the fact that we got the points, we're thinking, hold on a second, we want them to help us out now, and it, it, it wasn't looking too promising, was it? <laughs> Cup, the cup, cup is a totally different tournament to, to, to league football. I mean, if you can't, particularly once you're into the fifth round, if you can't get yourself up for the cup, well, you know, you, there's not much point in being a professional footballer. And that, you know, it's totally different from the football league. Um, you t- talk about being disappointed with Reading. I was disappointed with the Majeski Stadium. A soulless bowl, miles from anywhere, badly served by public transport. Let that be a lesson to any club looking to move grounds is never to do what Reading have done. Absolute failure. I don't think um, I don't think um, Reading can take any credit from Saturday. They were truly awful. Uh, sign of a team on the beach if I've ever seen one. Um, on paper they got good players, but it was true long ball stuff from the from the word off. And uh, where where that work was on Saturday, that's going to work against us this weekend. I don't think I've got no faith in them doing us any favours. Um, I know, uh, Laney, you, you mentioned earlier that they, they can't lose six in a row. If I haven't seen them on Saturday, they can. They can. And, uh, you know, I've got, yeah, I, I really don't see, uh, don't see them getting anything out of this weekend's game. It's all, it's all a blackbird for us. So having a look around the leagues, we thought we'd have a little chat about what's going on around Brentford and around the Championship. First of all, just let's look at our team. We're coming to the last game of the season. As you probably know, if you check on besotted.co.uk, we run a man of the match every week, which we ask you guys to vote for your best player of each match. And at the moment, it's totally and utterly even Stevens. Tamani Diagaraga and David Button, neck and neck, six apiece in the man of the match. So whoever wins this next game is going to get the man of the match. But, you know, it's interesting that because it's testament to these two players who have had their critics over the years, haven't they, guys? Yeah, they, they have. Um, but looking forward to this Saturday, you just got to hope it's Dave. You don't want it to be, you know, Dave as in Tumani Diagaraga, not Dave as in David Bunn. Um, we, we don't want our goalkeeper being man of the match on Saturday. We will. We need to be coming. We need to be coming forward. We need a hat trick from uh, for a hat trick from um, Tumani. To be honest with you, we we need, we need goals. We need a, we need an attacking performance, and he he is going to be more involved in the game hopefully than, than anyone else. Um, yeah, they are the critics. Um, uh, the goalkeeper has come on leaps and bounds this year. Well, we talked about him and sung his praises frequently. Um, credit where credit's due. His, his, his possession, um, his awareness, his distribution. Um, he, used to, he used to scare the life out of me earlier in the season where he played like suicide balls out to the full-backs and centre-backs, asking the ball back and just, you know, really, really asking for trouble. And, um, you know, apart from a glitch recently, I, I think he's, he's really learned his lessons. He's, he's saved, some of the saves he's made this season and the, the game at Norwich in particular stands out. You know, I'll never forget some of the saves yeah. he made that day. He, he has been and he is turning into a fantastic goalkeeper. Um, Tumani, he's, come, he's gone away on, on loan. Um, he's put his put his heart on his sleeve, and he said he'd rather stay at Brentford and fight for his place in the first team than than take the easy option, which would have been a, a signing on fee and uh, a move somewhere else and a captain's captain's armband probably somewhere else. Um, and he's and he's he's put in shift after shift, and to say that to say that he's been you know he's transformed is is an understatement. 
you know, he's, he, what he does with the ball and the way he controls it and his confidence and just his first touch and, you know, his vision, he's, he's, he's brilliant. And it's, it's, it is no wonder that the, the premiership clubs are, are asking after him or sniffing around him. You know, uh, I, I think I, I think if he does get a move to the Prem and it's not with Brentford, it's fully deserved. Um, good luck to the guy. He's, seriously, he's, he's, he's outstanding. He's a legend. I think it's the, um, I think it's, um, like you say, it's the fact that these guys have overachieved somewhat or, or achieved more than was expected of them, which is probably exactly why they're scoring so high on the stakes. You know, players uh, who are maybe more naturally breast, uh, less, should I say, than uh, like uh, Pritchell's. Um, who's, I think you know maybe about two or three times, but um, you know, the expectation for teams in the bottom wasn't so high this year. They've, they've really overachieved. Um, you know, one of them, if we still had the uh, slightly patronising most improved player awards, uh, one of them two would be uh, be nailed on for it. But um, particularly Tunes to me, he's been he's you know it's, it's unbelievable what he's done this year. And yeah, I've, if he got a hat trick this weekend, nothing would make me happier. I don't think I don't think he even needs a hat trick. I think he needs just one goal, isn't he? And the whole place would go berserk. No, nah, we want a hat trick, mate. We're getting greedy now. Yeah, <laughs> we need three goals, Bill. Look, if the, they can't throw us off the pitch three times, can they? If, if we score. And uh, going back to your earlier remark about six all um, between David Button and um, and Tamani, uh, Bill, I uh, I reckon Harley Dean will be asking for a recount. But seriously, I think what we're looking for on Saturday is for Otter to, you know, score one of his wonder goals for um, Andre Gray to knock in a couple and for Stuart Dallas, um, who actually people on Saturday were a bit surprised that he appeared up front. Um, I was I've been a bit surprised for weeks that actually we haven't tried him in a centre forward role because um, I'm no footballing tactical expert, but I think that he's got potential there uh, and running on. Um, so I'll be interested to see, you know, if on Saturday, if we're still struggling for goals, whether how uh, Mark Warburton plays it in his last game. It's interesting because you know one point that you know we we discussed on the train on the way back from Reading on Saturday. And we're saying there is one player who's on our books, who's scoring goals at the moment now, but we have, you know, we can't play him, which is Will Grigg, who's playing for Franchise FC, aka MK Dons. And the only question, no, I'm, the only question I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask is, listen, if the guy has got confidence, he's scoring goals week in and week out. Isn't he the type of player that you should bring back for four weeks, put him on the bench, and bring him on for ten minutes? Do you want me to do you want the long answer or the short answer? The short answer. Oh, no, no. Short answer is no. And the, and the long answer is, Bill, you we 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 struggle to, to get him first. We don't we don't want to invite him back to go through that misery again. He is 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 an okay League One player. He's playing he's playing well for MK Dons, a, a team in a worse league in a different system. I've watched him in um, a situation where he's playing one up front where he, he played against um, I forgot who they play against but he played for the Northern Ireland uh, in a lone striker position and he looked weak and you would have Andre Gray in that position all day long all day all, all night long all the following day and for the week after that which is exactly what's happened this year he's played every minute of every game because he is the strongest person for that role Will Grieg is not that man we're going to revisit history here because Grieg went out on a season-long loan. That was it. We were perfectly happy when that happened and, and wished him well. Uh, my 
biggest bugbear is that we didn't get in, and I, have, I can't remember if I've said this before, is that we didn't get somebody in on temporary loan. We learned on Monday night that Kenwyn Jones was being paid £35,000 a week by Bournemouth. Seems oh. an excessive amount of money, yeah, I agree. But to bring Kenwyn Jones in for the last four, five games, he was obviously available to come in on loan. That might have made the, That might have been the difference between us being finishing the season just outside the playoffs and finishing it on top of the playoffs, if not automatic promotion. And, you know, but again, we can revisit history. We can have all these discussions at the end of the day. We we had Andre Gray. He scored on Saturday. He's in good mood. You know, let's keep going with him. Yeah. I know. I'd come into that. I think yeah, we, can, we can go back and um, talk about uh, maybe when it comes to having another striker, we, our recruitment let us down a little bit. That's probably an, an old argument, but, um, Will Griggs not the answer. I mean, he's one of these players from seeing him last year. Um, if he's not scoring goals, he's added nothing to the team. And he didn't score goals for us last year. So why would he do it again? Although, I would add, um, I would quite like to bring him back just to piss off Milton Kings-Dons. There is always room for pettiness in, in this podcast. But listen, going back to the player of the season, uh, the Besotted player of the season as well, there was a few other players as well that are in there. Um, Pritchard. As well, Jota and Gray, all on three. They've all got three players of the season. And it's interesting as well, because we talked about Mr. Pritchard, who's been getting rave reviews. Everyone's been talking about him. He's got the hype machine working him as well. But he also got, he's the Brentford player, the only Brentford player to make the PFA um, team of the season, which is uh, respect to him, got a tip his cap to him, because that's not an easy thing to get. And if you look at a lot of the players who actually kind of missed out on that, you know, Bamford didn't make it. You know, there's a lot of players that missed out on that. That's a big thumbs up, and I think that's obviously going to go a long way to putting me into a position of actually going, you know, to whatever team he may be in next season, whether or not it's going to be Tottenham, whether or not it's going to be a Premier League side, when it's going to be a sort of another higher championship side, or staying with Brentford. And, um, you know, we're just talking about Pritchard as to, you know, he may not be here next season. That's what worries me about us still not knowing who the manager is going to be. Um, and needing to get that sorted out ASAP following a close of play on Saturday. Because if we had a manager in place, I think there's a very good case to be made for Pritchard staying with Brentford. Uh, no reason at all why we can't be challenging for promotion next year. Um, we'll build on the squad, we'll develop players, and Pritchard could be an important part of that team. But if his agent's probably saying, well, you know, we don't know who the guy is. He'll probably take another, you know, month to come in. Um, let's tout you around a few other teams and see what happens. And he could well end up going to somebody who might be top of the championship rather than or fail playoff championship team rather than ourselves. Because you look at somebody like Bamford, I mean... Bamford, it is crazy that Chelsea, who have got a dire striker shortage, they haven't... Bamford, again, is on a season-long loan, but there's been no talk about him. And I suspect wherever Middlesbrough end up next season is that Bamford will probably still be their player. Um, and if it requires another loan from Chelsea for him to stay with Borough, that's what will happen. But they'll do that because Mourinho knows the Middlesbrough manager. He knows the style of play that Bamford is going to do and be happy to loan out his... Mourinho will be happy to loan out his player. Yeah, I um, I was... Um, Pritchard's been brilliant for us this year. I mean, what a player he is. He's a big, big player. Um, I reckon he's put a lot of assists in. Scored a lot of goals, which, which are probably one point if, if you catch him adrift. But speaking to, um, I speak to one of the guys who runs one of the Spurs fan teams, and 
Um, the word out there is that they're very much looking to integrate him into the squad next season, understudy Ericsson, learn from him. And, um, you know, I think there's no chance that he's going to be staying with us next year. I hear what you're saying about our lack of manager not helping that. But um, Pritchard is one of these players, you know, we need to enjoy the fact we've had him here, appreciate it, but um, just let him go. And um, it's a nice accolade to him to be in the Championship team of the year, wearing our shirt, representing us in there. Very well deserved. I think voted for by fellow pros as well, which gives it more credibility. Um, yeah, what a player. I'm looking forward to seeing him on the, on Saturday. And if it's his last game, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I, I, I echo that, of course. And, you know, it's, yeah, but it's, you know the, the only thing that sort of, you know, I'm tinged with slight sadness is, of, of course, we wish him well and, you know, hope he goes back to his mother club and he, he prospers there. But, you know, I, I think he'll go back to Spurs and be a bit part player and he'll, he'll have a few cameos now and again. Um, he, he might he might have a little run in the team. And I've said before, he, you know, as soon as he has a dip in form, that'll be the excuse to go and buy someone else foreign and, and he, he won't get a sniff again. So he could stay at Brentford and become captain, legend, big cut, who played two or 300 games and help us to the Premier League and be a central part of that. Or he can go back to Spurs and, you know, just get a, a game here and there and be part of their, um, their League Cup squad. Um, you know... He'll be on way more than we can afford to pay him. So that, that's you know ultimately it will be his mother club, the Premier League, and bigger wages that will will settle this. I agree that you know not having a, a manager in place, although we probably have got one, but it's just not been announced yet, um, hasn't helped the situation. Um, and I, I guess I guess kind of that's the other that's the other part of this. If, if if we if we don't reach the playoffs, it allows what's naturally going to happen next to happen quicker and I think for our long-term long-term stability that needs to happen quickly of course we need to sort of pursue this dream of, of, of playoffs and and whatever comes after that but you know we you know if Warburton isn't going to be the manager next year the quicker we get uh, the unveiling of who is and any signings that come in and whoever's going to be leaving it's that all that domino effect all that chain reaction to the season finishing it needs to happen quickly um now in in a strange way oh. you're actually almost saying it won't help us if we got to the playoff final yeah, no, 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 probably, have... it, probably, it probably won't if we lose but obviously it, it, you know we're, we're not we, you can't approach this thinking you are going to lose you know you, you you've just got you, you've got to take an opportunity whatever that opportunity is you've got to take um, no, if, if, if it's if it's going to all end in failure, it's better it's better it, it fails on Saturday, really. So so we can get on with getting to where Bournemouth are this you know this year. You know, we're, I, I I say later on when we when we're speaking to the other the other the other people from the other the other clubs. You know, I look at I looked at Bournemouth on on Monday when they went up, and I thought that's us next season. So many similarities between our clubs. They were playing red and black, but if they were red and white stripes, the backdrop was very much like Braemar Road. It, it could have been Brentford. Um, that can be us, and that will be us this time next year if, if, if we if we get the building blocks in place. So you know, yeah, you're right, Bill. I guess I guess you know if it is going to end in failure, we need to get it done quickly. I agree absolutely with all that. Just one more thing on Pritchard. Of course, he could well go, probably will do, to the Under-21 European Championship this summer, isn't he? And putting a good performance there, um, he could, you know, that would shoot up his value um, either to Tottenham or to any other club, you know. Um, 
by lots and uh, mm. wish him well. He seems to be rivaling him and Danny Ng seem to be swapping places in the under twenty one squad. So be interesting to see what happens. But uh, it, that, at least it'll make at least there'll be one tournament that Bees fans can watch with interest this summer. So we won't be totally footballers. Well, it's it's interesting actually. There may be another Bees player in that under twenty one side as well, which is Moses Odebaju. He uh, he played very well for the under twenty side, and there was just a few rumours saying around that he may actually go to is it the Czech Republic for the for the tournament in the summer. And again, you know, talking about adding value to a player, I mean, Moses has come in, you know, he started off at the wing, came back to the, you know, to the wing back to the, to the defending position and he's done very well and people are raving about him. And it's also a position which is, you know, it's just quite hard to cover as well. So I think that, you know, we're talking about Pritchard, who's obviously got the hype on him, but I think you've got Odebarge, who's one of these sort of kind of more silent players who still got a lot to learn, but his value is going up and up and I think he's getting lots of props in uh, in the circles out there in the footballing world. And the other question is that whether or not he will be with us next season because if, if he's doing so well and he's in that position and he's he's regarded by England, you know, somebody might come in and, you know, throw a bit of money behind us and, you know, we might not be able to turn it down. Yeah, I thought actually Moses would, would have been, um, you know, before the team of the year for the championship was announced, I, I would have thought he would have been the one that uh, might pop up as a, uh, as a as a Brentford player in there, only because he's taken the league by surprise a little bit. Very consistent. Uh, when I say taken by surprise, I don't think anyone really saw him playing as a right back. And uh, you know, he's looked like he's played there all his life. Very fast, brought a very attacking sort of um, a mentality to the position. And um, yeah, would have taken a lot of the opposition by surprise. But you know, I think I think Simon Francis got in there. Can't really argue with that. I suppose playing for Bournemouth. But um, yeah, Moses has been great. We, you know, if he gets to the uh, other twenty ones this summer, it'd be a Meteoric rise, but again, we'll have the problem on our hands of, of keeping him. Which, uh, yeah, so for selfish reasons, you're almost almost wishing he doesn't go, but um, obviously, we're grossed out of a player. I, I think in um, right. summer's gone past, Bill, um, we've had kind of weeks and months where nothing's really happened, but I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's going to be a case where you know, almost like a day won't go past without something newsworthy cropping up and uh, you know, some sort of uh, some sort of flux going on. You know, there is so much going to change. Um, you know, you've not only got you've not only got Wolves, you've got David Weir, you've got all the backroom staff that they might take with them. You've got players that are you know in contract that might get sold on. Players that are out of contract that won't get re-signed. Players that have been signed already that are going to get announced. You know, there's a there's a lot there's a lot going to happen. So um, it's kind of like, don't, don't think you're going to turn off from besotted podcasts during the during the close season. You know, we're, there's going to be plenty to talk about week on week. And let's not forget the press have been a rebel in the in the story of uh, successful English manager is let go from Little Brentford and foreign man foreign foreign head coach is brought in. They'll be loving that story. Are they even the standard? So, uh, yeah, well, got, that's going to be a hot topic, I'm sure. I've got, I've got a bit of a sort of not conspiracy theory, but I've, you know, I was thinking about this over the past couple of days when I saw that Evening Standard story that was written by Des, was it Des Kelly, was it? Uh, it was. A couple of days ago, which which talked about, uh, again, the Warburton Gate scenario. It was a lazy story. It was one of those old, you know, regurgitated things where he's got facts from here, there and everywhere, thrown it together and then given his opinion. And it was fairly, in my opinion, wasn't really well researched, wasn't well written, and it wasn't very educated. And uh, you're going to get a lot of that because people sort of see a lot of things on, on, on face value. <laughs> but then I was thinking back to it and I was thinking, you know, it's interesting because when you get a few of the sort of the foreign journalists who come in with a fresher view, they come with a, a different viewpoint, and sometimes it's it's quite refreshing what they put. 
in there. But you get some of these journalists and they're, they're quite lazy. And I think back to it and I was thinking, hold on a second. I'd, if anyone could come back to me and, and tell me exactly, you know, if we can go through all the newspapers and tell us exactly where they thought we were going to finish at the beginning, at the end of this season, it'd be interesting to see, you know, from the Guardian, the Sun, the Mirror, all these journalists exactly where they, 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 they thought we were going to finish. Because if I remember rightly, most of them didn't give us a chance at all. Some of them said we'll either get relegated or some of them said we'll just finish just above. Um, they, they all said Wolverhampton Wanderers, though, they're going to go for the playoffs because they're a bigger side than Brentford and blah, blah, blah. And they've got strikers and they're, just, they're much more fantastic. So that was really quite interesting. So all of a sudden is that there's this view, Brentford are tin pot and you can't have a side like this. And they haven't done the right thing by buying in the players that they should do because that's what you have to do when you come into the championship. You have to buy tried and tested players. And if you don't do that, you're going to go down. But all of a sudden, we've gone against the grain and done what they haven't expected. Now, what's happened is that they've gone, oh, no, instead of celebrating it, they've gone, how can we now bring them down? I know what we'll do. We'll tell them that they're really rubbish for actually you know, getting rid of their manager when they shouldn't be doing it. And it's almost like another excuse to bring us down and bring little old Brentford down because they can't, they don't like that, the way that we do things maybe in a, in, in a different way to, to, to what they're not used to. It, well, no, you're right. It, it, what it does is that they'll argue that um, that their that their sort of take on Brentford, that Brentford's place in the pecking order, their their interpretation of that will be right. You know that they think that what are we doing up there? So you know they'll question, and it's, it's going to be down to luck. Um, I thought I thought the Evening Standard piece was probably one of the worst articles I've read about Brentford in a long time. You know, you, you know, you just need to speak to people that know. If you, if you don't know yourself, either don't write it or speak to people that do know what the hell's going on. Um, just don't write rubbish. I mean, that's that's, that's my job. Yeah, if you're a columnist, you're paid to give your opinion. And Des Kelly obviously gave an opinion. Like most columnists, he's pretty ill-informed on what he writes about. I deal with a lot of columnists in my day-to-day job, and most of them don't know what they're talking about either. But um, let's not get too defensive about this, because, you know, whatever. To an outsider, for those of us who go to Brentford week in, week out, we can see what Matthew Benham has done. To an outsider, it's very hard to explain when you see Brentford, who have been for so long in Division 1, this year in the Championship, we could have done an automatic promotion, um, which became slightly unstuck because of Warburton's manoeuvre. Now, let's not rehearse all the arguments and whatever, but unless you're unless you are somebody who actually religiously follows the club five days a week, you know, goes to all the games, listens to the Besotted podcast, you won't know what's happening. So I will defend people slightly in that way. But having said that, I think actually whatever happens in the summer, as Dave said, is going to be exciting stuff. Are there, are there people who don't listen to the Besotted podcast? We ought to send a copy to uh, Des Kelly, though, especially this week. I've got his email address. We'll email him a sample. Yeah. Hi, Des. Excellent. Talking about up-and-coming players, I mean, we've, we've talked about our you know, established players, but up-and-coming players, the youth team, and we talked about this briefly last week, the youth team, which is the under-18 team, the team that won the Milk Cup a few years ago when we were out there in Germany for the pre-season tour. They won the Milk Cup in Ireland and all the fans behind the goal were singing, we've won the Milk Cup. They were deemed to be the team with some players that are going to come through and become professional. Quite a few of those players got professional contracts um, last week, which we think is fantastic. I think it's maybe eight or nine or even ten of them, which is an unbelievable number. But not only did that, they were winning the Division 2 Development League for most of the season, and at the very end, they got pipped by Charlton by losing to them. They went to the playoff semi-final up at Huddersfield last Monday, I think it was, 
and they went 1-0 down, came back to win 2-1. So they're in the playoff final against Charlton this bank holiday weekend. Time to be announced, date to be announced, but they're in there. I don't know what happens if you win the playoff final, but I'm presuming that if you win the playoff final, then you go to Division 1 of the Development League. So, uh, again, it, this this is part of the whole Benham plan. New players coming through, you know, young players coming through, developing players. And this is quite exciting, as we talked about last week. Yeah, it's a lovely, it's a lovely subplot, isn't it? Um, everyone loves to see a, a homegrown player or at least a, a player who picked up really young, brought through the ranks and get to the first team. Um, would be good, actually, if we, you know, if we, if we maybe uh, turned up in numbers to support them, wherever this might be. Um, you know, and we wait, wait a breath for them to actually make the greater player for the first team. And I can't really... Trying to think when the last player to come through the ranks and, and perform long-term was now, really. Who would that be? It's probably Kev O'Connor, okay. really, isn't it? J-Tab, maybe? J-Tab well, came from Crystal Palace, really. I mean, we, 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 we nabbed him from, from them, but for, for, from, from homegrown from, from that age... Is it Carly, Os- Carly Osman? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, but to, to actually to come through and sort of... Maybe, maybe Carly, yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah we'll have to check that out. I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, no, but for the long-term prosperity of the club and, and, and to underpin all the building blocks that Matthew Benham's putting in place, yeah, you do need... To, it does need to come to fruition. There has to be, you know, we said this last week, there has to be progression from youth team into reserves or the development squad and then into the first team. You know, that, 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 that has to happen. Um, there's no point in spending two, three, four, five million pounds on academies and we're not producing any players ourselves. Um, we're not in the stage, you know, where we're, we're Chelsea, where we just sell them on to other clubs and it, and it pays for it that way. We, we actually need to be bringing players through. So this is the first step of that. And, you know, we ought to make note of some of these players and, um, you know, just, just look out for them. You know, it'd be, it would be nice for one of the reserves to have made a made a sort of a, um, a push for the, the, the striking position when we needed him. Um, so yeah, you know, I, 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 it's, it, it's, it's shaping up for a brilliant future. And the, talking about the future, next season, Nick had a little bit of a, I won't say rant, but he had a little bit of a, a point in question about season tickets and the fact that we come to the very late in the season and. You know, there's nothing being announced about season tickets. A lot of clubs put information about their season tickets back in January and February, offering people early bird season ticket prices. There's a lot of clubs that have even frozen their season tickets uh, for next season, you know, very early on. But we've had no information. We're thinking maybe it's to do to the fact that we don't know what league we're going to be in, what ground we're going to be playing in. But there was a bit of information today, Nick, wasn't there? There was indeed, and uh, we're told that Monday we'll see at 10 a.m. You'll see up on the website all the result of uh, the, the you know the, the details of how you can go about getting a season ticket and what the cost will be for um, next season. Uh, the only thing I read into the um, announcement that they put up on the site today was that. Uh, there will be slight increase in price in the new road. Um, because they're making the two ends of the new roads going to be a bit cheaper and they're making family tickets cheaper. But what really stood out for me is that there wasn't any mention really about pricing elsewhere in the stadium. And I just did a quick check on what other local clubs to us and other sort of, you know, clubs that we might be playing next year had done. Um, you've got Charlton have frozen their season ticket prices for next year. Uh, Knott's Forest have frozen their season tickets. Knott's Forest haven't actually put 
put their prices up for three years running. Uh, Wolves have frozen their ticket prices. Norwich have frozen their ticket prices. Ipswich have Ipswich froze their ticket price back and announced this back in February and also said back in February that if they got promoted to the Premier League, you wouldn't pay any extra um, if you bought your ticket by the end of April, which was quite interesting. And Fulham, um, mentioned it gently, they've actually cut their ticket season for net price for the ticket season tickets next year by 15%. So I do hope that the powers that be in the boardroom at Griffin Park take note of all this. I don't think there is any reason, unless we get up into the Premiership, and then we'll have a separate argument next week about this. But I think if we remain in the Championship, I think we ought to be looking at freezing ticket prices for uh, early season holders. The other interesting thing, just before other people might want to comment on that, is there's going to be something for a way uh, there's something going to be called an away season ticket. Um, I'm not quite certain how that's going to work in principle, but for those of us who attended 100% of the games this season, apparently it's going to make it easier for us to go to 100% of the games next year, which I'm really looking forward to. And hopefully what an away season ticket might do is it might be able to therefore distinguish between people who want to go and sing and those who don't want to go and sing. And I think that could be quite an important achievement um, and something besotted would be very proud of if that is the thing that happens. It will be interesting to see what the prices are. But one part of me couldn't the club for not announcing it earlier because, of course, we don't know what division we're going to be in. But we're not going to know what division we're in on Monday either. So um, it doesn't make really that much sense to announce it this week or, or next week. If, if, if they're going to wait till we, we're, in the, we're in the Prem or we're not in the Prem, I guess they need to wait until we're out of the playoffs, but we're not we're not going to be out of the playoffs on Monday either. So, um, well, they they actually they actually said they actually said when the camp the Monday after the campaign is over, oh, it will either be this Monday or whenever. Sorry, no correction. It does say it does say there will be an announcement on Monday, May the fourth. So they might be wanting to do they might do what Ipswich did and you know say right, okay, we'll freeze the prices and if we get if we're in win the playoff. Um, race that we're in will uh, also freeze the prices if we go up to the Premiership if you buy your ticket well, say I mean, before May 30th. In, in that case we'd, we'd, we'd just wait and see what happens on Monday but uh, the, Fulham, the Fulham season ticket seems a bit of a bargain will you be buying one of those Jim? I think it sounds a bit expensive to be honest uh, I think I'd have to discount a lot more to get me involved um, a, a few uh, a few uh, a few points on that actually uh, well not on Fulham I've spoken enough about them um headlines for that little statement today, I mean, the whole thing to me sounded like they were maybe buying a little bit of time, knowing that no, nothing had been put out. So let's just throw a few little sound bites out there to, you know, to stop people asking questions for a week. Um, you know, there was a, a, there was a random point about how new roads seaters have noticed improvements this year. I translated that to new road, your prices are going up. Um, but not nicely, they said at the very start something on the lines of uh, we, we, we cherish the fact that uh, affordable value football. affordable football for, for all and want that to continue. And, you know, if uh, I'm going to hark back to Cliff Crown's brilliant money is not our God statement that he said in the fans forum a few weeks ago, still think that should be our club motto. Uh, Cliff, if you're listening. But, um, yeah, so I'd like to think that at the very least they'll be, um, they'll be freezing the prices. Um, just on the away scenes thing, actually, there's the price on that. That's what I'm curious uh, as to know I mean, how they work it. I mean, this year we paid from 
uh, Huddersfield, £10 up to uh, 420 at Norwich. A really wide span of, uh, of ticket prices there. I mean, how are they going to make a, make a figure? So we wait a bated breath, uh, breath for that. Nick in particular, um, who's been to one or two away games this year, will want to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I haven't, I haven't revealed to, I haven't revealed to anybody probably how much it's cost uh, to travel and uh, buy the tickets for this year. This year's hundred percent because uh, I'm not certain I want to, I want to add it up actually. But uh, anyway, move on quickly before anybody else definitely hasn't told his missus. Yeah, and talking, and 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 it's interesting. We're talking about the away season ticket. We're not sure exactly how that's going to work. Um, but there's been a real upturn in, we talked about this briefly last week in the Bees away fans. I mean, the official figures have come out, not quite the f- total figures because we've still got uh, the Reading figures to come, but Brentford are 11th in the league on the average away following with uh, 1,379. That's our average away following this season, 11th in the league. Um, the top of the league is Leeds United, who are the ridiculous 2,690 fans travelling to see them av- uh, on average. Um, their high was 7,000 and their low was 1,400. We're just above Bournemouth. You know, obviously we went up and they're 1,200 uh, compared to our 1,300. But the interesting thing about the Bees is like, obviously our top figure was uh, Fulham with 6,000. But we are the third highest. That's the third highest away figure in the whole league behind Leeds and Middlesbrough, which I think is, is actually fairly impressive. And, and those teams say, oh, Fulham is only five yards down the road. But, you know, Wolves had to go to Birmingham City. You know, you've got the, the Sheffield clubs who could, you know, all go around each other and, you know, and, and do that as well. So I think that kind of goes to show the pulling power of the bees at the moment now. And, you know, we're obviously building a new fan base and new people who are actually getting excited about watching them play and actually watching to travel to see them play. Yeah, but would you want to go back to Bolton again this year? I rest my no, case. That's the point. It's about a lot of people, I think, uh, have enjoyed new grounds this year. And that always puts a percentage up of people that will go to away games. Next year will be telling us to how uh, how how much our away fan base has grown. I think if we play Blackburn again on a Tuesday night in February and we're twelfth, fifteenth in the league, I bet you we won't take what we took to Blackburn this year. And, and go, briefly going back to the new road, <clears throat> um, I think I think they deserve to play more over there for those amazing facilities that they experience. You know, <laughs> the, the the queuing the queuing system over there is just is worth a, 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 worth ten quid extra just you know just for to be able to queue thirteen fourteen hours to get to like those latrines those like first world war trenches of toilets that they've got over there. Yeah. They, they should be paying they should be paying well for the nose for that. I think, they, I think they've actually this year they've uh, improved the toilet facilities from a, a Tudor style toilet to a Victorian style toilet. So, I mean, <laughs> name your price. Name your price. That's right. Listen, well, we're not going to be putting those details, but we're going to do an end of season survey. We've decided we're going to be putting all sorts of categories in there. You know, your best game, best away game, your best pub, all sorts of stuff. We're still coming up with them. If anyone's got any recommendations, actually, just email to Besotted or tweet us at Besotted. But we're uh, putting this together and hopefully it should be ready next week at some time. We'll put it out there and you could tell us exactly what you thought about certain things and we'll publish it. We can have a bit of a laugh, you know. Somebody somebody mentioned worst beard, actually. We could even sort of do that, you know, worst beard category. But like I said, we're coming together the end of season survey. So, you know, look out for that. And and also, on Saturday, 
We go in analogue, as Laney will let you know, with the Besotted 105, a hard copy of the Besotted fanzine. Yeah, Dave. it goes back to 1990, the first ever, first ever Besotted. Um, was sold at Hereford United away on a Tuesday night, and I think it was the Freight Rover or whatever it was. Um, and so, yeah, so Besotted... A, in paper form has been going for 20, 25 years um, and I've I've made a pledge that I will keep it going in, in its old analogue form at least a couple of times a year because it's just it is it is tradition it is nice to have something in your hand something to read at half time um, and, and, and and something to have a laugh at and um, you know, it's, it is a lot of hard work, and um, sometimes I'm questioning why the hell I'm doing it. But um, yeah, we'll we'll bring one out to the, the, because you know there's a lot to celebrate. We're looking back; some brilliant pictures in there. There's some great articles about you know people's experiences this season. Fantastic articles about um, mathematical modelling, which explains in a way that I can only only admire. You know this guy who um, he uh, works for the uh, the U.S. military. He works out mathematical modelling on the battlefield. He's a big Brentford fan. He understands what he's trying to achieve to, to a higher degree, um, and, and and that's that's worth reading. That's worth a couple of alone. But we have a, we've had a good laugh in there. So yeah, you know I know it's going to pee down with rain on Saturday. It always does when I do this. But um, come come and find a cellar inside or outside the ground before or afterwards. And um, get your get your inky copy of Besotted for old times' sake. And if the facilities in the new road are as bad as they say, you know what you can do with the copy. Use it for half time. Yes, the ultimate bog read. Big game at the weekend, and we thought we we're going to chat to Derby fans, Wolf fans, Ipswich fans to find out exactly how they think their teams are going to get on the weekend, and will they make the playoffs? Because we need to know. Getting a bit nervous now. So, we've got a four-way battle going for the fifth and the sixth spots. Try saying that when you've had a few drinks. In the Championship, as they say, it's one of the most exciting championships for years. And, you know, just look at all these other leagues around the world. You know, eat your heart out, mate. You know, it's, we've got our hearts in our mouths for the last few weeks. We thought that we'll get the lowdown of how the fans are feeling in all the respective camps in this little battle. So we thought we'd call on Ollie from the Derby County blog. How are you Hello. doing, Ollie? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Cool, cool. We've got Peter, one of our old friends there from the London Walls. Peter, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good, thanks. Really? That's good. We've got Harry, who we spoke to a few weeks ago from the Ipswich blog TWTD. How are you how doing, How are you doing, Billy? Good to see you. Yeah, good stuff, man. And also we've got the man, Dave, Lane from Biscotted as well. How are you doing, Laney? I'm all right, mate. I'm all good. All good. Looking forward to the weekend. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, yeah, we just thought we'd just get down, shoot the breeze between us and get a vibe on how you feel it's going down at the weekend. So, so Ollie. Yeah. I've got to say, man, I mean, we played you a few weeks ago. Yeah. And, uh... You battered us. We, we battered you and we were absolutely <laughs> gutted when we got that last-minute goal. And I've got to say that you've had a few shaky months. Yeah, you know, yeah. Last the first half of the season, you were wicked, and you've had a few shaky months. And there's an article in Besotted uh, ran, I think it's yesterday, the day before, yeah. saying that Darren Bent forced you to compromise your style, and then you aren't the same team you were in the first half of the season, or even last season. I mean, what do you say about that? I read it. Yeah, I thought it was a very good article. I would say it's obviously correct to say we're not, we're not, we're not the team that we were up until actually the end of February. Um, 
I think it's a bit unfair on Ben. I think the re- the reason he was brought in was actually um, a slight, he was brought in essentially to be a, a plan B, if you like. So it seems strange now because we've been so awful for the last two months. But earlier in the season, we were actually in a position where we were struggling. To, we, you know, we'd have teams sitting, parking the bus, if you like, and we were sort of struggling to break them down. So I thought the idea of bringing Benton was that we could, you know, use him as an extra extra striker essentially to work with Chris Martin. But unfortunately, what happened at the end of March, uh, February, sorry, was that Martin got injured. Um, and without Martin, um, it just hasn't worked, essentially. I mean, the system hasn't worked. Using Bent as a lone striker instead has, has been, a well, has been a lot less effective, and there was also a spell in the season for about six games when Bent was injured as well, so we didn't have either. Uh, it was, at that point, we were awful. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it's been a, an injury situation, but uh, we now go into the last game, obviously, in a situation where we've got to get a point, um, Martin played as a substitute in the in the last game. Uh, ben was ill, so we wait and see which one of them, if if, if either of them are going to be fit to start. Up, up until a certain point, it looked like we were going to be top two nailed on, and and then it's it's crumbled really in the last two months. That's, that's, you know, and you sound a bit nervous. Uh, I've got to say as well, Ollie, the game's not until Saturday as well. No, but well, I don't know if I would say I'm nervous about it. I mean, you know, Reading and have, have, have had a pretty pretty ordinary season so we should we should uh, be able to at least get a point out of it I mean I'd expect us to win frankly but you know some of the mistakes that we've made in recent weeks have just been staggering to be honest I mean some sort of mind freeze I don't know exactly what's going on but no, um, yeah there's, yeah, a, there's no. a lot of issues at the moment but let's come to, to Peter now because Peter Wolves had a decent start to the season I would say and people were actually talking about them for sort of playoffs at the beginning of the season but then you tailed off a bit but it's fair to say that you've come strong in the last few months. Then, no, what? Why is this, Pete? Uh, we had a bad November. Um, I can't remember how many it was. Uh, we lost, but I think there was a derby match somewhere in the middle of that where we got uh, absolutely that, yeah, tonked five nil. <laughs> you played Brentford as well. You were beaten four nil as well, didn't you? I wasn't. I wasn't going to mention that unless it all came <laughs> up. But <laughs> yeah, we, that that one was really disappointing. We'd had a, um, a you know, we we get a meeting with the players every year. And we'd had that the night before in their hotel before coming down to uh, uh, Griffin Park. And um, they were all up for it. And, uh, you know, Sacco had his marvellous uh, Diamante boots. Oh, yeah, the diamond boots. The diamond boots, yeah. And uh, it, I, I, none of us saw that coming. Probably about that time also, I'm not sure whether Sacco was carrying an injury, but Dicko certainly was, and he was, he was filling his hamstring and coming off a lot. Uh, we lost the goals. Obviously, that's really picked up with taking uh, Benekophobia on. Um, and he's made a real difference. So we've now got our, our front three have got uh, 13, 14, and 13 goals each. The difference really really between us at the moment is that uh, that 4-0 uh, defeat at your place. Yeah. So listen, coming on to Harry. Harry, look, you know, Ipswich, I've got to say, they were one of the toughest teams we played over two leagues. You know, especially that game at Griffin Park, you absolutely, we thought you were fantastic. A decent blend of passing football and a sort of direct, sturdy team. But when we came to your place, even though it was a draw, we thought you'd lost your way a bit. You know, is that fair to say, especially you coming into the playoffs? Fair, that's fair comment. We, we, I think we had a wobble in, um, our wobble was in February. I just want to point out, we also managed to beat Wolves in November. I just want to love that one in as well. So uh, we, we, had a, we had a wobble in November, definitely. We had some absolutely stupid results. We lost away to Rotherham. And we were beaten at home by Reading. And confidence is a big issue, no question. And, and immediately before the Brentford game, we had went to Leeds. And 
earlier in the season, a game like that, we would have won. And we came out of it on the wrong end of a 2-1 defeat with a goalkeeping blunder. And Murphy, who is, you know, everything he touches turns to gold, missed an 85th-minute penalty. And it kind of summed up, it was kind of a low ebb for us. So it was a good time to play us. And, um, and, to be, and, to be, and I think, it, you know, I know people have said a one-all draw was, um, you know, this, um, different opinions on it, but um, I think we were happy with a one-all draw. If Murphy got the goal, it would have made a difference near the end. He had a, he had a layering miss for everybody else. But, um, but I think the draw psychologically was good because it began to, it began to stop the rot um, without question. Dave? To Brentford, again, had a brilliant middle of the season, sort of November, December. We played a lot of teams off the park, and in the new year we started okay, but then our home form has let us down a bit, and it's denied us what looks like a certain playoff place. Now, what do you think this is? Um, I think other teams have kind of sussed us out in so much as they've they've tried to stop us playing football, especially at Griffin Park. They know what a, um, what an impressive record we've got or we've had over the last two or three seasons. Um, the home the home form's not awful. It's just that we started to we started to draw a lot. If we, if we're struggling to break break teams down that come and park the bus. Um, and uh, you know it, 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 it's been it's been difficult to imp- impose ourselves uh, in the same way as we we've done away from home at, at home. Um, um, it, it, it's been it's been frustrating because you know it, it, we've, in the last four games at home we, we haven't we've you know we haven't won um, and, and that really has that really has hurt us. Um, and, but you know the game at Reading um, on last Saturday I think I think that points to us, us being you know without approaching this one with our tails up. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a really exciting afternoon, um, and you know, I'm just, I just can't wait to, I can't wait to see how it all pans out. To be honest with you, it's, uh, you know, it's just, as you rightly said in the intro, Bill, this is, this is, this is the, the most exciting division. Is the most, most probably the most exciting season. Um, the, 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 it's, just, it's been kind of, it's been ridiculous the amount of the amount of games you have to win just to be in the shape up this year. You know, the, the, the points that we've pretty much all got. All, all, everyone talking here in any other season would get us in the playoffs if not promoted automatically. So it just shows you the quality and then the standard and how you've got to be on your game week in week out. So um, you know it's just it's, yeah, it's just brilliant. It's come down to this and it's all coming to a head on Saturday. Bournemouth, as we saw the other day, they pretty much done it. You know, unless there's a 19 goal scored by Charlton on Saturday, which we don't think that's going to happen. And Watford as well are up. I mean, do you think they? You know, we've played. Everyone pretty much this season. Do you think they're the two most deserving teams? Looking in retrospect, I thought Bournemouth um, played excellent football pretty much all season. So um, ple- I'm kind of pleased for them. Obviously, I mean it's it's a little bit of a valid, you know, it's not as if it's it's not quite the most romantic story in, in the world when you consider there is actually some pretty good finance behind it. Um, but you know what an amazing, you know they've done an amazing job. They've played lovely football, and um, yeah, credit to them. Watford is an interesting one. I, I've always found them quite interesting because of the whole Potso link, and you know, very strong squad. Um, again, it, it kind of they're in a, they have a different model, player model to anybody else, um, and it, it's worked for them. It was always going to work in the end, I think, um, and it was almost it's almost sort of. It's taken them a fair few managers to work it out, but um, yeah, good luck to them. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how they get on next season. And also the calibre of players that they do bring in now that they're actually in the Premier League, because that was always the plan. And presumably they'll they'll then have access to a sort of uh, a higher tier of, of sort of you know players from that Potso stable. I think Watford have benefited from having probably the strongest squad in this division. I think um, they've, they've gone close the last couple of years. 
Um, and yeah, you're right about the managers. Um, they, they've had a turnaround there, but they, they kept the same. They kept the same squad pretty much. Um, mm. And there was there was a lot of strength and depth there, and a lot of quality. And they, mm. you know, there's a lot of foreign players. Um, um, and Bournemouth. Um, yeah, of course, of course, there's money there. You'd have to you, any, any any club that gets in this division has to has to be well backed and has to be well run. But I, I think I think it is it is a fairy tale, tale still, um, and just as much as it will be at Brentford. Uh, yeah, of course, there's money there as well. Um, and I think it's a bit green eyed by by other clubs around around Bournemouth and around Brentford that they've not spent as wisely and not been as clever and have wasted a lot of money and they've gone well, right. they've gone um, for predict they've gone for predictable rather than yeah. visionary. Um, and hopefully we're at the cutting edge of, of where Bournemouth are, are profiting as well. It's just it's, it's using it's using um, using sort of vision, contacts, and 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 um, uh, imagination rather than anything else. So fair play to them. I think it's just absolutely brilliant for football. That is that is Brentford. If not this season, next season, and it'll be fascinating to watch that journey. I think for both um, Wolves and Brentford, having just come straight up and through, mm-hmm. in a way it's. You know that, that that absolutely is a model to follow. But it's interesting. One point going back to Watford, I'd, I'd chip in is this whole issue of squad depth, um, because I think for all of the four teams around this table, I think it has actually had an impact. Whether it's losing key players, I mean, losing Thorn for Derby at the beginning of the season yeah. was catastrophic. Yeah. Dicko, I think the loss of him in November unbalanced the Wolves team because suddenly you didn't have the counterbalancing threat and teams were going for you. And we lost McGoldrick after Christmas, and um, he's really his, his kind of influence has waned. Um, the other thing about squad depth, and it struck me watching that, and I hate to bring it up, that that, bolt, that second Bolton goal um, a couple of weeks ago at Griffin Park, it, it, it struck me when I saw it as being born out of weariness. It was almost like it was a mental tiredness. Um, and again, when you have a small squad, and we all have had small squads, and your players are playing week in, week out, and we know the intensity of these games. I think the difference, particularly with Watford, is that they've they've had players that they can just swap in. I mean, being able to bring Mota in, for example. I mean, the guy's played for Juventus. I mean, you know that when you have those kind of cards up your sleeve, it's wonderful. And I, I noticed when we drew at Wolves at Molyneux, when the Ipswich draw at Molyneux a couple of weeks ago, um, Kenny Jacket he was he ran out of cards fairly quickly. He played all of his attacking players, and then he brought Henry on for Van La Parra. And after that, he really didn't have any more cards to play. But I think that would be for next year. I'd say for both Brentford and Wolves, looking at it from the outside, I'd say you know three or four judicious signings, and you could easily see them doing another born without any problem. You're right there, Harry. Actually, that's another mute point. It's a big point amongst the supporters, and uh, you know there's words around that we should have uh, we should have or could have actually strengthened our side in January, but it didn't happen for various reasons, which we'll probably go into after the season's over because we're trying to keep things positive for now. But listen. We're talking about the weekend now because we're talking about you know Bournemouth and Watford and there's obviously one of the four teams going to join them and we're trying to be one of those teams there. So we're looking for these playoffs. I'm going to ask you, how do you think you're going to get on at the weekend against your rivals and who do you fear in the playoffs and who do you think you'll be able to handle? Ollie from Derby. Okay, well, it's a simple job for us. Um, we need at least a point. Uh, we know we know that. I'm expecting um, I'm expecting everyone else to win. So um, I'm not expecting any favours from anywhere. Um, I, I think we can do it. Um, in terms of in terms of who I'd want to play, I think whoever we play is going to be really difficult. Um, Norwich are a very strong squad. We haven't really <clears throat> excuse me, we haven't mentioned them as yet. 
Um, I kind of hope um, that Norwich play Ipswich. That would be uh, that would be amazing. <laughs> um, I'm sure I'm sure my Ipswich friend over there will have exactly the same feelings on that. Um, Borough are an excellent side as well. Um, we know all about Patrick Bamford, who was with us uh, last season, and he's just an absolute quality. Um, and they're very tight at the back as well. So Borough will be extremely difficult. Um, I think they're probably the most likely team that we'll face. Um, and I think it's going to be... I mean, they've beaten us home and away this season. So um, not expecting any favours from them. Uh, Norwich would be extremely tough because, again, they have a very, very strong squad with the parachute payments uh, coming down. Uh, I think they've got about four sort of top top strikers. Um, so, yeah, so whoever we face is going to be very, very difficult. Um, obviously, got to get Redden out of the way first. Um, I'm just hoping that they've decided that that's it for the season and um, they can, you know, they've had enough and uh, they'll just trot out and uh, roll over like good doggies. That's my, that's my hope in anyway. Dave, I mean, you were there at Reading on Saturday. You saw exactly how they performed. We got forget about them. We got Wigan on Saturday. We need to get the points there. Um, how do you think we'll get on against our rivals? Do you think we'll make the playoffs? And do how who you who do you want and who don't you want? Um, one just one quick word about Reading. Um, they've lost five on the trot now, and the sixth was a draw. Not many. T- they're 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 not great, but they're not awful. And I can't see them losing six six on the trot. Is is kind of really bad. So. Um, I, I, you know, they're capable of, of a win, but probably a draw. Sorry to butt in. I just wanted to. There's one other thing about Reading. This is sort of quirk about their form this season that they've only won four league games away all season, but they've beaten Borough, Ipswich, um, Norwich, and Wolves. Excellent. Ah. So the only the only teams they've beaten all season have, have been among the very best teams, and everybody else they've failed to beat. So, so that's a bit of a go figure. Well, really. Maybe they can hopefully can add Derby to close. I, I think Ipswich are going to lose at Blackburn. I think that's going that's going to happen, and um, I think we might fall short of doing what we have to do. I think it, I think Wigan aren't going to roll over for us. They're not actually they're not actually an awful team either on their day. They've been an awful awful team over the season but there's still some good players there and they've got a point to prove um, it's going to be really close I, I, I think I think we'll just we'll just miss out by a goal um, that's, that's, that's my that's my heart speaking um, in the playoffs if we do make it um, I'm the only team I'm really concerned about to be honest with you is Norwich but Middlesbrough we did a pretty good job on, although we lost 1-0. I think we played some really good football against them. I think they're actually shaky. Ipswich, um, again, when we played on Boxing Day, they looked great, and I thought they looked okay up at Portman Road. Again, they they lose games. And Derby, um, I've got no fear about, to be honest with you. So, um, Brentford are maybe the only team in this group who haven't got what you would call a sort of recognised you know, predator goal scorer, striker who's going to bang in twenty. You know how many? I'm not sure how many Andre Gray's got. Sixteen. Um, it's not bad. It's not quite bad, is it? But Considering he's in the conference last season. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it's credit really to to Warburton, I presume, and, and the, the sort of setup there for for bringing him in and, and gambling on him. But um, you know, you look at the other teams, and they all sort of have the sort of striker you, you kind of depend on. You know, and you know he's going to bang in goals. Peter, the London Wolves. You've got a game at the weekend, as you said, it's the Millwall. You're not sure whether or not you know you get the result or not, but how do you think you'll do? And do you think you make the playoffs? And who, if you've got to the playoffs, are you worried and not worried about? Um, well, Borough have done us quite nicely. Uh, the Budgies are always quite lucky against us, so uh, I'd worry about them too. 
I think we probably had trouble against Ipswich if we ended up playing playing, uh, playing them the way that Mick McCarthy's taken us apart a couple of times. Well, I imagine you've got a squad of players up there that uh, uh, are really frightened if they uh, if they don't get that point on uh, on Saturday because Mick will just tear into them, won't he? Uh, Benekophobia is going to um, fill his boots and uh, leave Harry Kane a long way behind as the top goal scorer in, uh, in England. We'll get a result, yeah. I'd... Um, I don't think Reading will do much for uh, for Derby, yeah. and I think uh, we we um, we only had something like thirty five percent possession against uh, Wigan. I think they're a bit different away, but oh, they really dug in. Obviously, while there was still a chance of them, and I think that would have just taken it out of them. I think you'll just walk all over them. If switch, yeah. You know, I'd say that you're kind of you're just kind of crawling over the finish line there. Is it switch? Do you think you're going to get there? Well. As, um, we've lost only one and eight, and after that little wobble we had, because after we lost to Borough, and then we kind of settled down. We had one bad result at Huddersfield, but the way I, just, I describe it is that we've been getting in our homework on time, if you know what I mean. We've been doing a professional job, getting results, winning where we'd expect to, two draws at, at Bournemouth, uh, at home to Bournemouth, and then up at Molyneux, which was just what we needed to do. Um, I just want to add, though, just, what, 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 just moving on to the, on to the um, looking at the Blackburn game we've got, and that our impartial umpire this evening, now, Billy, did tweet earlier in the week that Jordan Rhodes is a Brentford fan. Yeah, and uh, just to <laughs> point out that, in fact, I checked it out with Phil, Phil Ham at TWTD. He's actually a town fan, believe it or not. Yeah, and he, no, he went to Kesgrave Hes- High School. But uh, when I was going through the message boards this week, ahead of the game, I was putting a piece together for our site. I have to say, the consensus seems to be that Reading were going to roll over and it was basically, we were, I was feeling, after about a couple of hours reading through these threads, I was going, oh dear God, it's all down to us, it's down to Rudy Gestead, it's down to Jordan Rhodes, and are they going to do a number on us? And if we go a goal down, then it could get interesting, because we have struggled occasionally. We struggled against Derby at home, we struggled twice against Reading, we struggled at home against the Budgies as well. Um, if we do go a goal down, we can run into trouble it's not cut and dried but having said that i think but we know it's it, roads have scored in three of the last of the four games he's played against us so it's almost inevitable that he's going to put one in but hopefully we will have enough and if we can get the first goal pretty much as we did at molyneux that's our insurance policy and then we can hopefully see out a one all draw you want you want the budgies you want norwich in the in the playoffs uh, i'd love them i'd love them um i think there's a couple of reasons it's um we know that if they don't get promoted this year, that team is going to lose a number of players, decent players who won't want to spend the second season in the championship. So it would be wonderful for us not just to beat them, but to also <laughs> force them then to force that team to start getting broken up, particularly with the parachute payments being diminished. The, the consensus, though, I'd say amongst us all is, you know, we'd, we'd, we'd fancy our chances more in a one-off game at Wembley when all the pressure really would be on them. So, yeah. give us just a, a little quick summary about this weekend. What do you reckon? Quick, quick, five seconds. All right, OK. Derby, uh, everyone will win. You're there in there. Simple as. Peter, Peter. Yeah, looking forward to coming to Griffin Park again next season, I'm afraid, Billy. <laughs> That's fair enough there as well. Harry? Head says, um, head says uh, Ipswich and uh, Derby. Hart actually says, and I apologise to Ollie. Hart says Ipswich and Brentford, because I have a feeling if Brentford get into the playoffs, they could cause mayhem. I love the sound of Brentford um, reaping mayhem in the playoffs. Um, <laughs> but, but equally, I look forward to seeing you all again, lads, next season. 
that, that is a fair point as well, lady. And your and your quick something like there as lady as well. We'll um, every, everyone will win. Um, we will draw, and Ipswich will lose. And for me, I said we'll win. We'll win our match. I think we'll win. Uh, if we sneak in, I can't. I can't say for all you teams, but if we actually do sneak in. I'm not worried about any of the teams in the playoffs. The one team that I'm slightly nervous about is Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, boys, it's going to be an absolutely nail-biting weekend. Um, I know you boys, uh, they decided not to have us on the box, which is actually good for us, because we actually don't necessarily do that good on the box. So that could be a bad sign for both the Ipswiches and uh, the Derbies of the world. But listen, have yourselves a good Saturday, boys. Hopefully it's not as good as the Saturdays that we're going to have, but I'm going to throw that one into the pot. And hopefully we will touch base after the weekend, and uh, with some of us at least, we'll be sharing a beer next next season anyway. All right, cheers. Good luck, everyone. Take care. So, yes, that's the lowdown from the Derby fans, the Wolves fans, the Ipswich fans, and, of course, the Brentford fans all there in the mix all getting a little bit tingly for the game on Saturday. All got a bit of confidence as well there. But at the end of the day, I think Derby are probably the most confident, knowing that they've got Reading, who are on the beach in Florida at the moment now. And probably no one's going to turn up to play them on Saturday, which is a bit of a shame, isn't it, lads? We've talked about this before, but let's not talk about them lot for now. We've got Wigan. And we know exactly what we've got to do. We mentioned it before, and we're going to got to come down. They might be playing for contracts. They might be playing for so on and so forth. But we have to do what we have to do. And the one thing I know about the Bees is that if we're in a situation where we know we have to win, it's almost like a cup final, we do normally pull it out the bag. I mean, like that Fulham game, we just like turn the screw to a certain extent, didn't we? I suspect what we'll see on Saturday is um, players playing for Mark Warburton. Because if you remember, the uh, for the life of me, I can't remember which game it was after the news had been renounced about it. And we scored a goal and they all ran to the touchline hugging and... and um, the Watford it was, game. It was the Watford game, thank you. Yeah, and hugging, hugging Warburton. And I reckon that the players will want to send him out on a high on Saturday. So, you know, there is no doubt that we'll probably see the best football of the season. Wigan will be reduced to, you know, just watching in a met, gasping in amazement as we walk straight past them. And I can see nothing else but a comfortable 4 5 nil win for the Bees on Saturday. <laughs> Jim, Jimmy. Yeah, well, I'd um, you know, I, 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 I think all the Brentford are going to win. I think um, Derby, unfortunately, are going to win, even though they've been playing terribly themselves. I think they're bang out of form, a bang out of form against us. They have been for a while now. Unfortunately, they're playing red in the ball teams. We can't rely on them to do any favours. And, um, yeah, I think Ipswich will get a result as well. So, I think it'll be a nice way to send off Warburton. It'll be a nice way to send off a lot of players. But, um, you know, uh, I think we're asking, it's asking a lot for the other teams to do us any favours at the moment. So, yeah, we've got to go out there and win the game. I think we'll do it comfortably. But, um, yeah, we shall see if Blackburn in particular. Well, you, you heard what I said to the others just a minute ago. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to hear what other Brentford fans say before you say what you think again because um, you kind of you, you, you gain confidence and you, you kind of like you, you 
you feel that kind of like what's probably going to happen. You have to look back to how we played at every home game over the course of the season. Yeah. Apart from one game, probably, we've looked really, really confident at home. Um, and we're going to get that again. And I think the players will try and go out and play the games of their lives on Saturday. And if it all comes off, we could be in for a really, really healthy win. Um, Wigan are no mugs. Let's really not write them off. They've let the club down, their their players. They've let the fans down this season. Um, They've let two managers down this season. Um, They're not awful players, but it's not worked. Um, They've got a point to prove. Whether they want to prove it or not, I don't know. Um, maybe they're going to ride it off and they'll just roll over. We haven't seen anyone roll over at Griffin Park at all this year, apart from Blackpool. Um, you know, I, I, anything anything could happen. Just hope. I just really hope it goes our way. It can go our way. I just hope it does. I do have a feeling to, uh, though that you know there are, there are a few players in the team at the moment who look a little bit out on their feet. Uh, Andre Graham, particular, and he's done very well this year. He's had a very tough role. But you just get a feeling that if we if we somehow manage to nick that sixth spot this weekend, then that will give a second win to some of those young lads, and we'll be in the we'll be in really good shape for those playoffs. But um, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, eh? There's a really quite an interesting article which you'll see on the Besotted website besotted.co.uk from JJ from Three Amigos, which is the the Wigan blog, and he wrote it with a heavy heart after they got relegated. By Rotherham, in effect, in the midweek. Um, JJ's written for us quite a bit. We've written for them as well. And he just did a lot of explanation about their whole season and how it's gone up and then how it's gone down and why it's gone wrong. And it's interesting because, you know, you know, I mean, their thoughts are that they've brought in a manager who they think is actually quite decent, but he's been brought in too late into the game. You know, he's talked about how Rosler, you know, did his, he tried to do his best and, you know, it wasn't quite right. And the players that are in the side, I mean, you have to read the article on there, but he was, you know... He was just saying Wigan are, you know, they are what they are. They are still a decent side with a lot of kind of very highly paid players who a lot of them will probably have to go next season because they can't afford to, to keep them on. It's almost like they're good enough to do it. Whether or not they'll be up for it on Saturday, he doesn't know. He's predicted a draw. I think he's sort of taken into, effect that, into account that our home form recently hasn't been the best. But... It's one of those situations where, like I said, it is totally in our hands. My, me personally, I think we'll go there and we'll smash them. But anyway, listen, big game of the weekend, big party of the weekend, last game of the season, possibly, possibly not. Pubs are open early again, 9.30. Globes open at 9.30. Lord Nelson, 10 o'clock. The Griffin, not sure what time it's open, probably 10, 10.30, 11. But listen, get down there early because we're going to be buzzing. Bees are going to be buzzing. Probably a thousand fans, Wigan fans coming down as well to sort of see their team off from the championship. So it's going to be a good day out. Looking forward to that. This is Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Check us out, besotted.co.uk, audio boom and iTunes. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And also check our videos on Besotted 1992. Pick up the fanzine on Saturday. They'll be selling it outside the ground and get down there early. Make sure you shout as loud as you can because we can still technically get in the playoffs because we know we could do it come on you bees come on you bees you bees
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.